I'm Derek Thompson, the host of The Ringer podcast, Plain English. Look, a lot of news these days is kind of nonsense. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to ask the questions that matter from people who know more than I do about everything I'm curious about. And that's most things. Recession fears, AI hyperbole, psychology, productivity, China, war, streaming, movies, sports, you name it. The world without jargon. The news without bias. Plain English with Derek Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Hold on, check me, boo. Welcome to Morally Corrupt here on the Ringer Reality feed. I am Chelsea Stark-Jones. Rachel Lindsay is still away gallivanting in Europe, but we are here holding it down. I got Jody Walker to talk Real Housewives of New York, but also the premiere of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Jody, how are we doing this morning? So excited. I actually, when I fired up Real Housewives of New York, I was like, I kind of felt sad because... I'm so excited for Salt Lake City to be back. I was like, oh, I'm just not as excited about New York anymore. I'm just just ready to be back in the cold, wintry tundra of Salt Lake City. I can't believe how snowy it is there and that they start the season in the dead of winter is so funny to me. But, you know, New York's in Angula, so sunny there. Yes. I mean, honestly, I was surprised I, I've been hearing buzz about this premiere of Salt Lake City, but this lived up to the hype that I've been hearing. So I'm very excited to talk Salt Lake with you. But first, we will get to Roni. Um, there's no news of the week this week because there's just so many housewives going on. We're not talking Atlanta, but we are in this really nice um, housewife era on Bravo. We have Atlanta, we have Roni, we have Salt Lake, we have Orange County. And then Southern Charm comes back next week. So Bravo is just fall. feeding us. This, this is how fall. I know it's fall. It's not by Labor Day. It's by the it's by the overlap of at least four different Housewives franchises. 
And I think it's well-deserved for us fans, especially those that have suffered through Real Housewives of Atlanta this season. We deserve some good housewives. So, Roni, um, not a lot happened this episode, but the ladies are going to Anguilla. Did I say that right? Anguilla? I said it right. It's Anguilla. 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 Tomato, tomato. Um, but... Sai and Uba go shopping for the trip and Sai kind of catches Uba up on everything that happened at the wreath-making party. Um, we see Jenna hanging out with her brother and, you know, we've heard a, a little bit, we, or we've heard snippets about Jenna's um, skin uh, disease and or disorder pigmentation um, as well as, you know, her eyelashes. That's why she has her eyelash line. Um, but Jenna kind of talks a little bit about that and how she's planning to go to Anguilla a couple days earlier because it'll help her tan. And when she tans, her skin looks better. So we kind of get that backstory from her. But also... I will say, um, Jenna walking around with her brother and saying all the stuff she was doing for the Rockefeller, the tree lighting, all that stuff, and how she was like making it more New York and like she's bringing in black owned businesses, women owned businesses, and blah, blah, blah. And like the only business cutaways that I got were Michael Kors and FAO shorts. I was like, which Jenna did not bring to Rockefeller Center. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, can I see some of these businesses? (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, that's a good point. But I was thinking, like, how did they film this at Rockefeller Center at Christmas time? Like, I'm shocked that they were able to at all. But I just think, like, the filming logistics were probably impossible. And the fact that they were doing it at all would have maybe been nice to have kind of like a a ticker of these businesses that, like, which... Are there small businesses in Rockefeller Center? I don't know. It was like I both I both had some questions and I guess, you know, uh, should do a little Googling. But I also was like, Jenna's so cool. Like, it's just Jenna is in touch with Rockefeller Center. Like whoever's in charge of Rockefeller Center knows who Jenna Lyons is and was like, let's get her on the horn to do some business. That's just that's just so it's so it remains crazy that we have her as a real housewife. And if these other women scare her off, so help me God, I will burn this franchise to the ground. So her career trajectory is something that like I do admire. And how she even said she's able to... Like, it's nice to not be doing the same thing every day like she has been for the last 20-something years. To be able to work on different projects and have her hands in different things and stuff, I think is really cool. Um, So (laughs) I will say, we'll go back a little bit with Sai and Uba when they were shopping for Anguilla. As you mentioned, these women scaring Jenna off. Sai does make a comment about Jenna's gift habits, her gifting habits, and how they oftentimes are collabs that she does with a brand and or gifts from friends businesses that she wants seemingly wants them to promote what did you think of this and and this also is something that Bryn has taken issue with as well of like why are you boxing your christmas gift to us and showing like you're doing this for you know like what what did you think because i was kind of convinced you were convinced by sai 
by Cy and Brynn. I was like, yeah, this is a little bit strange. Um, it is a lot. Um, I think I'm convinced the, by... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, especially the gift, the gifting of the Christmas present, like showing that on your Instagram of like, here's what I'm giving. Like, it was obviously some type of promotion she was doing and then she was giving those gifts to her friends. It's still like a nice gesture, but it is like, it's twofold. It's double-sided. Right. I think I'm convinced by Bryn and unconvinced by Sai because like Sai also has so many ulterior motives. You know, like this is her job is content creation, making deals, doing branded content. And so I get her being like, I'm not going to do something for free because that is her job. But like she also gets a big benefit from being friends with Jenna Lyons. And like, we're not quantifying that, you know? It's like, if she puts up a post with Jenna, she probably gets a lot more followers because Jenna has a big following. And so like, it's a bit of quid pro quo, I think in general. And and like, it's sort of dangerous territory to then start saying what we can and can't do with, I don't know. But it's like, I think that Jenna genuinely wants to give them gifts. I think that she is a gift giver. And then she also is giving them gifts that are a lot of times her brands or brands she's doing collaborations with. So like, but she also seems to be doing it maybe for brands she's not like getting paid by, but that are just her friend. You know, she's just out here supporting small businesses. It just seems like she's promoting her friends through her gift giving. And like, that's nice. Like the lingerie was a friend of hers. Um, the, the, and she took a risk there, you know, because like, she ultimately did. it was not very well promoted. Uh, yeah, well, by Jessel, everyone else loved their gift. Jessel eventually and Jessel came around in this today. episode. Yeah. <laughs> she did say like, eh, it's, it's not as bad. I've lost some weight, whatever. Um, but yeah, it does seem like she, again, that's why I think it's like double sided. It's like, Oh, this is a nice gesture. But then I could understand like why it might be a little bit of an ick because it's like, Oh, you're just only, you're only giving this to promote something or especially cause it's on camera. You're gifting this to us on camera, like all this stuff. So I, I understand it. However, this does seep into their disdain for Jenna throughout the episode. Um, They're so mad. They are very mad. And I, I have some thoughts. So Brynn also goes spend some brother time uh, with her brother on a different coast. She's out in LA. That's how she spent her Christmas. Um, I guess her... I forget where she said her brother lived. But this meeting in LA was kind of like the halfway point for them. So... Um, lives in Seoul. Seoul, yes. So they met in LA for Christmas. We go on a hike. One of the things that I really need that I don't think we're going to get this season... Because after this trip, I'm pretty sure there's going to be like one or two more episodes and the season's over. But is that true? Well, typically that's what happens when they go on the cast trip. There's like two more episodes that kind of wrap up the season that's over. Well, that would be a particularly short season, but it's possible because it's the first season that it'll be short. I think maybe there's going to be 12 and then the reunion. We're on episode eight. Um, I want more. Yes. Um, So... I need to know how Bryn makes her money. Same. I just, it's, and I, you know, I'm not gonna, it's giving a little bit Jen Shaw, not saying she's defrauding elderly people here, but how is it like her brother points out, like, I'm a little 
you know, troubled by looking at your Instagram. You're always traveling. You're always going. And when Brent says, well, I have the means to do it. I'm like, how do you have said means? Like, how can you just pack up and go to Paris? And, and we haven't seen her apartment. However, it has been like architectural digest or something like that. So I just need more Bryn backstory about how she's gotten to where she's at now. Like her family stuff is interesting and, and sad. But how is she so wealthy? Like, it's not through any marriage because she's never been married. Like, how did she get this money? Who's, how is she providing for herself? I don't know. I mean, I think she's generally in like what all of them are in, like branding, PR, you know, advertising Rockefeller Center, I guess. But I, I, I agree. Um, also, I just thought her brother being like, your Instagram looks weird was like such a brotherly <laughs> thing to say. Like, what are you, what are you doing on Instagram? <laughs> um, and yeah, we're seeing all the other women at their jobs. We're seeing all the, and I, I, the, you know, there's been like some publicity around that. Like she can't film like through her co-op or whatever in her apartment or condo. Um, oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I, that's what okay. she said, which is why okay. it was like, it, it had, you know, she had that sort of like design spread, but they can't um, film in there. But yeah, I do. I do. I would like to know how, what her job is. I thought you were going to say it's giving Marlo like the oh, mystery. it is also giving Marlo um, the international like, is, woman is of there mystery. A man in South Africa that is providing said lifestyle for her, like or like are each of these ex engagements, you know, like bankrolling her, trying to keep her on the line, yeah, by paying for her apartment or whatever. Yeah, because um, her apartment looks gorgeous. Yeah, which is not like, and she's young, like yeah. she's young to be. Rich. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think prob I, I don't know. I can't figure out what her financial situation is. I, I did really like relate to and enjoy her doing the like, I'm 36 and I don't have any kids and I'm single, and then doing it like in a different tone of voice. And I'm 36 and I don't have any kids and I'm single. I was like, yeah, relate. Yeah. <laughs> like 80% of the time, awesome. 20% of the time, uh-oh, existential crisis. <laughs> I mean, I, yes, I, I enjoy, I enjoy her. I find her fascinating. Um, but I just, I need to know how she makes that money. And then we got our guy Pavi going to Vietnam by himself to get a sandwich. Um, <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. get it. <laughs> Pavit's really, um, he's really taking some hard stances in this episode. It was also, it was challenging for me to watch because, I am a solo traveler. I love to travel by myself. And I've always thought and said, like, even when you partner, if you like to travel by yourself, you should still, like, you should still make that happen. You should do that. Like, just because you partner doesn't mean you have to do everything that you value with your partner. Alone time is still important. And then I heard Pavit talking about going to Vietnam by himself. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if this is okay. <laughs> It's just weird. And like for such a short period of time and and he does bring up how like what's the difference of 
me going to Vietnam and you going on this girl's trip for a longer period of time. And my thing was, um, cause this is her job. Like, I know we can't say this, but she is getting paid to go to Anguilla and you are just going to buy a sandwich in Vietnam. Like I, I couldn't like wrap my mind around the purpose of this and like leaving her alone with these twins. I mean, her mom's there. It just feels like a lot for a little. <laughs> Yeah, I think that like on a surface level, I'm fine with him being like, I need some alone time. I would like to take a trip by myself. The way he presented it was like, I will be taking a trip by myself. Like it was not a conversation. And I really, really did not like it. She was like, my mom is going to be gone. What am I going to do with these twins? And he was like, that's your problem. Like yes. that's your problem to figure out. And do you think his ass was figuring out the child care when she's going to Anguilla? I no. bet not. Yes, I did not I, like that. And I and had it, just come around on Pavit. Yes. And if you need alone time, you don't need to have alone time on a 20 hour flight to Vietnam. Like take a two hour car ride to the or four hours to the Hamptons. Like there's no reason for you to go so far. And like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I was just like, wow, sir, this is bold of you. This is very bold of you. I didn't, I don't like it. I stand by that you can do something like that. You, sh I don't, it's hard. It's apparent, like, then you, it's got to be a conversation. It has to be a conversation with your partner. Yes. Um, and then so I've been listening to the pod uh, as I'm not on it when you and Rachel are recapping. And I know Rachel's feelings about Aaron. I, 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 think, I think I'm more in line with your feelings about Aaron. I like her. But this episode, she did give major mean girl. Um, and it, it, it upset me because I've, I've been cheering for her and I've been wanting the best for her. But this episode, she was mean girling it. So we also learned that, you know, uh, Jenna has been doing a lot of dental work, blah, blah, blah. Aaron brings her butternut squash soup, which is not mean girl. That's very nice. Very, it was so warm. Um, and before they all go on this trip, Jenna shares with her. She makes it very clear, like, about her skin, how she needs to tan, how she feels uncomfortable. So, like, that's why she is going a couple days early. And then, in, like, a joking tone and, like, a cutesy kind of way that I didn't think to take too seriously, Jenna says, and you know what? If I'm being completely honest, it didn't hurt that... I'm flying first class because you guys, there were no first class options when you guys are leaving. So like, I'd rather fly a first class or business class or whatever. And like, it was that was funny. It was sure. Like it's a perk of your insecurities of needing to fly sooner. So you could tan like I was okay with this. And the way that Aaron brought it back to the girls was so misleading and a foul. So also the women were already pissed off that Jenna wasn't coming with them anyways, which if she was coming a couple of days later, I would understand like, oh, you're short, but she's coming earlier and she's staying with you the entire time of the trip. Like, I didn't get why they were mad that she wasn't coming with them anyways. They're just mad. Like, cause it's weird to hear them say, we don't know anything about Jenna. She doesn't tell anything. And, you know, it's very possible that within their, like, intimate group dynamic, they do all feel like they know the other people better and Jenna isn't sharing. But from our point of view, we've heard her share a lot of really vulnerable stuff. And not just in her testimonials, but with them. Like, she's told them about this genetic condition that affects her skin, that affects her teeth. She's told them about her mom. Like, it's, it's vulnerable to just be, like, 
I need to go two days early because I'm anxious and I need to be able to settle down and feel okay because I don't know how to go on a girl's trip. You know, like, I think that that could be a little embarrassing to say in your 50s. Like, I've never been on a girl's trip and she's been honest with them about it. I guess they feel like it's, she's been dishonest to say that those are all the reasons, but actually the reason is that she wants to fly first class. To which I say, why are any of these women flying in coach? That is, if they didn't think to negotiate that, that is outrageous. Like, if there were no first class or business class flights on that day, change the day. Yeah. I know it's a three-hour flight. I can take a three-hour coach flight. No problem. I don't understand why these women would be doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, it. so this is where I think this is a little bit more layered than what we're seeing on play out on the screen where I kind of feel like, and I mentioned, I think I mentioned this last week where Jenna seems to be getting certain perks that the other women aren't. Um, and I think this is where their disdain from her comes from or like their frustration. Cause personally, I don't think it's a big deal that she came early. However, maybe it, it like, maybe it is, maybe they are pissed that production said we have to fly this day and we can't fly private or whatever. So we have to fly, fly coach and Jenna gets the perk of flying business class. And we don't cause like, I, I'm wondering if there's things that are going, I'm sure she gets paid the most. Like I'm sure there are things that we're not seeing behind the scenes that might kind of lead. And I, and I think that too is, I mean, I saw Jenna hard launched a relationship on Instagram this week. Um, yeah, she's like making out with a woman, but I wonder if like her hiding her relationship into the show also turned them off of like, well, we're showing this like what? Like I know Cy never showed her husband on social media and like her husband's been filming. So I'm curious if there's more to it because honestly getting this worked up over her not um, or her over her flying in early. Like if she came two days late, I could be like, oh yeah, that's like, I like, yeah, you're not spending as much time with us, but she flew in a couple days early and then to your point of them saying that she's not sharing enough, finally, when she gets there and <laughs> she gets confronted by all of this, um, blindsided, really, and she does start to share, there, Bryn calls it a, a cop-out or like that she's using it as an excuse or whatever. And it's like, well, now I allowed myself to be vulnerable with you and you don't want to receive it. Yeah, I mean, it's all—it's also like the um, Psy telling them about her nickname thing with like without yeah. her permission. And now they're all using that against her. I don't even know your real name. It's like, clearly there are some layers here to like her never associating with her given name and her challenging relationship with her mother. And then like having this kind of wild nickname from, you know, like they're, it, it just they make it so obvious why she might not share things with them. Yeah. And it, they don't see, and I think you're right that like there is a more layered reason, which is, yeah, that they're resentful of her. To which I say, make yourselves more valuable, ladies. Like if you want special treatment and you want to be the top dog, make good story. And I would not call this good story. Like, I mean, I don't know, but I very clearly am a Jenna Lyons apologist and... It's going to take a lot for me to like side against her. But I also sort of, I am intrigued and interested by Bren's reaction to her because it is so clearly 
rooted in something much more, I think, than like favoritism. Like there is something that Bren sees in Jenna that sort of like triggers her. Yeah. And Bryn, I find that pretty fascinating. Uh, Bryn and Cy are the leaders of the pack with this Jenna. Cy's uh, just on some bullshit, I think. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Bryn is very, um, yeah, I can't really tell where it's coming from with Bryn, but I do think that it's like a fourth wall, like production thing where they feel like she, she might be getting the most, um, from production and money and all this stuff. But yeah, and and I, I was very disappointed in Aaron because I was like, girl, like, I don't okay, know. Okay, but to, Aaron has done that like a hundred times. I know, but like in ways that I thought it would be more beneficial or like that wasn't so much of like twisting the truth. Like to me, the reason why Jenna showed up early was the primary reason was because of her skin to tan, to feel comfortable and confident. And like, as she was explaining, and even as she explained to them, like being around you young women who have beautiful skin and so it makes me insecure. And so like, I understood that. So to me, that was a primary reason. The secondary reason, I wouldn't even say a reason, I would say perk of her going early was flying first class. And so the way in which Aaron delivered the information was almost in reverse of like, well, primarily she wants to go because of the first class and secondarily it's because of the skin thing. And like, it was completely twisted in that way. And I feel like other times in which like Aaron does like, as they call it an Atlanta bone collector, she does, you know, deliver information. However, I, I, I did think in previous accounts it was more accurate. This time I thought it was very like misleading. Maybe it's accurate, but I mean, she just, she's a motor mouse. She hears something and just immediately repeats it. And she'll even be like, oh my gosh, I won't say anything. Who would I say anything to? And then immediately turns like you, she, she cannot be trusted. Uh, like she might sometimes be warm and sometimes have warm butternut squash soup, but like she cannot be trusted. And I think that these young women, instead of like getting mad at Jenna, they need to like be learning from her a little bit, which is like, ask for what you want, demand it, like make your value clear. And, you know, I don't know how these flights work, but I think they could have gotten on a different flight. And I think they're mad that they flew coach. And I mean, also good on Jenna for not getting really angry with Aaron for relaying this information. <laughs> like, she really lets stuff roll off her back. She does. I think I she like, keeps it. Like, I think she, yeah, I think she takes it on, but like, yeah, she does not, she doesn't get really angry and that's going to make them so much angrier. So much angrier. So next week we do see that <laughs> flight gate comes back up again. And, um, and there's a photo shoot. So yes, all that stuff. But on to what we had been looking forward to all week long. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Should I start quoting four. a Bible verse in the background? Would that have do some you, good dramatic effect? Do you know one? For God's so let no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew one of the like crazy revelations ones that they were doing in the intro. <laughs> I went to Christian school and like we'd have to recite Bible verses every week for like Bible class. And so, however, none of that has retained in my head. So I, I wish I could pull one out of my back pocket too, but can't. Um, but the episode uh, was titled Fresh Powder, Fresh Start. Um, so the first two minutes of this 
were amazing. And prior to the show premiering, Twitter was... I don't like that Bravo is doing this anymore. They, they were doing it a lot with Vanderpump, where they show like full scenes of something that happens in the episode. Like, we've already been teased so much. We already have been leaked information. Like, let me sit at home and watch it live for the first time on my big t- screen TV and enjoy it. Like, I don't want to see little clips popping off prior to the show coming up. And... That's what we were getting with with this of everyone hyping up the first two minutes. And I kept scrolling past it on my Twitter feed. And I'm glad that I did because these first two minutes in high definition were everything and more. I mean, the dramatics. Heather, who was Heather talking to? Who was she talking about? Why, the producers barging into her room, her kicking the producers out. That was amazing. Chef's kiss, May 10th, 2023. What happened that day? Can't wait to find out. And I like that they stamped it in Bermuda because now we know when they go to Bermuda that like that's what we're waiting for. Seeing that producer's little kids scamper across (laughs) the screen was so funny. Like it's like at first I, you know, I saw like a dark haired woman. I was like, is that Lisa Barlow? And then like you see some kids, you're like, oh, that's a producer. Like they're like in all black. They're like in stage, you know, backstage garb. Um, I don't know. Like some of the tone, I, I loved the intro, but I I would say I even more loved the like very dramatic. They don't always do this on Housewives. You know, it's like it comes and it goes when they do these sort of staged things, like all of the women in all metallics stomping around in the snow, like glaring at each other as a sort of staged intro. And I like it in Salt Lake City because Salt Lake City is already kind of very false, you know, like there is just a falseness to it. And so to like play into it while also pulling back on it and giving us some sort of fourth wall break. Like I like the dynamic that that set up. Um, but some of the Heather stuff, I was like, some of, some of it sounded a little line reedy to me, but I don't know. Okay. So I was getting, and this is just my working theory guys. I, I'm, going to collect things as the season goes, but it seems as if, and we'll get to her, new girl Monica, I think has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I know that she's on the outs with a few of the women currently. So in my mind, I'm thinking Heather is talking about Monica. And I think Monica has maybe said a lot of things that Jen has told her and she's repeated them. I don't know. This is my working theory. It will evolve throughout the season. So far, I like Monica. I think she is a fabulous addition. But I also think that Mob Wives-esque open (laughs) following the Bermuda thing with the intercut of the Bible versus intercut with them fighting was brilliant. Like I could I, not believe they were using Bible verses. I was like, this is so wildly sacrilegious. <laughs> it was amazing, Jenny. When I said, t- like, but I have been eating Greek yogurt with berries and graham crackers for dessert. Okay. When I tell you, I had, I had my spoon like this, mouth agape. Hovering. Just like, what is going on? <laughs> you are, you've gotten your dessert. You've gotten your sweet treat. And uh, it was... Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Uh, yes, yeah, I loved so it. Good. I also assumed it was about Monica. And I mean, what a debut performance. How did they get this woman who oh is my gosh. an FBI informant on Jinshaw and just happens to know deep, dark, perhaps lot, like deep, dark uh, 
unvalidated opinion, you know, things that have come from Jin Shaw about yes. the other women. So, like, completely unreliable narrator. But she knows them, and she's biding her time. You can let's tell. Get, let's she's get got into a dangerous it. look in her eye. Let's get into her. So, um, Angie is back. She's a full-time housewife now. Um, and <laughs> Angie, Angie K, right? Yeah, Angie, Angie K. K. Um, and so she has, I think, lunch at this place called The Cliff, which I was looking for a cliff. I did not see any cliff. Um, <laughs> so I don't know why it was called The Cliff. But um, she was getting lunch there with this newbie, Monica. And she basically says they formed a relationship because of their falling out with Jen Shaw. So they are picking up the pieces of their no longer friendship with Jen Shaw together. And, um, and also Lisa Barlow. So Monica honestly made a splash for me when she was, when she was articulating Lisa Barlow and breaking her down and reading her <laughs> for filth of like how much she talked, how Jen didn't want to talk to her. So she listened to her on the phone and how she was just talking, 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 talk. And I loved it. I loved everything about this woman. She does say that Jen has shared a lot of stuff about them about each of them, none of it positive. And then she also kind of backtracks though and says that she doesn't necessarily believe everything Jen says and wants to form opinions of her own about these women. But I don't know. I, I loved her. I thought she was hilarious. We learned she has four kids. Four um, girls. Four girls. Um, she's divorced. And it also sounds like there was some type of polygamy within her marriage or like openness to her marriage. So excited to get into that. Um, oh, I just thought she cheated on her husband. Oh, I, because th- oh, well, she did say entanglement. I thought like they let someone into the bedroom with them and it just did not end up how it should, um, which I don't think it ever would. But yes, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn more about her. She seems really fascinated, messy, and like she does not care <laughs> about her reputation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the way she was just like, yeah, so Jen's assistant quit. So I stepped in. She asked me if I wanted to make a cool $600,000. I thought it was sketchy. Called my friend in uh, the Secret Service. He was like, get out of there. She's about to get arrested. She stayed anyways. And then she says, just maybe the most iconic line of a first first day housewife ever. And that's how I became a witness with the federal government. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like, I, and this was a surprise to me. Like, it was a surprise I knew to me too. Who my, you know, we knew that she had this association with Jin Shah, but I did not know. And when all of this was going down, when everyone thought that like Meredith had called the FBI, I mean, I'm not, I'm still not saying she didn't, but like when everyone was talking about that, it was like, yeah, and there's like an assistant who's an informant. And it was Monica. And yeah. we have her. And she's a housewife. That's so crazy. What I don't know is if... Do all the other women know that she was an informant? I think so. Oh, my God. It's clicking for me. Who was the girl last season, the friend of, and she had, like, a gray streak of hair? Was it Dana? Dana? Didn't she say my friend was an assistant of Jen Shaw's? Yeah. And that she, like, knows a lot about the investigation? And Monica just posted a picture with Dana on Instagram. So like that's who Dana was talking about. Like this is it crazy. really I, is a small town. <laughs> I do I do think the women they must have known. They must have known. Like, but this, this is the thing about Salt Lake City is it's like even when it's bad, 
and I'm, it's good right now, but even when it's bad, it's so deeply strange that Bravo chose to put a Real Housewives here that I can just like never get over it. Like it is such a small town. It is Mormon. It, it like, you know, they clearly chose it because of this collection of like true weirdos, but it's just so crazy that they did. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that we have this newbie, but let's let's get to some of our OGs. Um, Lisa is uh, like you said, we're, we're in the dead of winter, and Sundance is kicking off, so she is doing some Sundance stuff. We learn that Jack is saying Fudge College and is saying <laughs> yes to a two year missions trip. After he communicated year. very clearly with them, did he not? Fudge College. <laughs> yes, I'm going on a two year mission. Fudge College. Uh, <laughs> And so she was on Watch What Happens Live this week and she said they f- would find out where he's going or he's leaving for his mission trip or would find out where he's going today or Thursday. So, yeah, like crazy. Um, So that's what Jack's doing. Heather, her new book was a big hit. Did not know it was a New York Times bestseller, but apparently it was. And um, she had was able to buy a new house. Her and Whitney are still on the outs. However, we do kind of see that they are trying to make amends. And this is when um, Heather suggests having this like fresh start party uh, and, and hopefully like them planning it together. And so as we see Heather at her new house, Meredith shows up to have some tea or drinks, whatever. I don't know what they were doing. But we learned that Meredith is not happy with little girl Whitney and is upset with her because what, (laughs) because Whitney had some thoughts about Meredith and Seth taking a bath together last season. She thought it was creepy and that it was gross and dirty. I did think it was kind of rich coming from Whitney, considering what her and her husband did a couple seasons ago to like form that opinion. However, I like, really did think Meredith was kind of not like I didn't think she cared a bathtub fight a bathtub fight like that's where we are she's big mad she's big mad don't talk about my husband and do not talk about my bathtub like she said the only thing she missed was my kids it was like (laughs) remember when Jid Shaw was saying fucking craziest stuff about your kids and then you became friends again with her anyways like where is the line I don't like It is rich coming from Whitney, but it's so silly. And I mean, like, I will say in this episode, I think Heather will see how things go. But Heather is back to being like audience surrogate, you know, because like in this moment, she's like laughing, laughing. And she's like, oh, she's serious. I was I did not understand what was going on here. She is actually mad about the bathtub thing. Yes, actually mad about the bathtub thing. I like was so taken aback by this. And it was it was very it was hilarious. And even when she was fighting with Whitney at the party about it, she was very very serious. So you think my house is dirty? And I was like, no, like I I could understand why someone might be a little bit creeped out by like two people sharing it. Like in a bath you are just sitting in your own like filth really and so I'm so sorry them rolling around in paint was so (laughs) I mean that's actually not true I think to protect my own brain I've blocked out the bathtub scene where like they were putting toes I don't want to talk about it um (laughs) and taints yes Chelsea thank you so much yeah toes and taints um and and I 
I never, like, I do not want to see Meredith and Seth be sexual. <laughs> I feel like we were so tricked by the first season when they were fighting. Yeah. And it was, like, really rich. It was, like, Virginia Woolf shit. And now, like, once they're happy again, they're so gross. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I I just... I, I love this bathtub fight. I hope that Meredith holds a grudge and continues to bring it up throughout the season because it's that level of petty that Chelsea, I Chelsea, you will regret those words. Mark it now. Devin, <laughs> seven take, episodes. pull this audio, please. <laughs> she will regret this. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But what I don't regret is the return of Mary Cosby. Um, her walking up, uphill, in those boots, in the snow... Winded. I felt winded too by the time she opened. Augusta wind finally could wipe her away. <laughs> Everything about her is like amazing. Like I and it. I just. I have no words. <laughs> Lost for words, Chelsea. <laughs> it's amazing. Like her sitting there, like shoving a fork full of spinach in her mouth <laughs> while she's talking to Meredith was so funny to me. Just like watching her eat. Like typically people when they're eating on camera, like they don't really eat on camera. Like Mary, like literally taking half of her salad and putting it in her mouth and then saying it's too spicy because it'll be too spicy coming out. I was like, oh my gosh. And like only her, like that is funny. Like anyone else says that to me, I'm like, oh my God, gross, shut up. But her saying it, I was like, you're really hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I have words and they're like that I hate myself for how thrilled I am with her return because like she's a bad person, you know, and we know a lot about how she's a bad person, but she is also unlike any other person on earth, let alone on television, she's like an alien. And like, it's a gift to set our eyes on her and to hear the thing, the outrageous things that she says the editors, as she's walking up that hill in those giant boots, give us a kind of like clip package of some of the things that she said in past seasons. And it was just, let's see, gin smelled like hospital. You can go, little girl. Your kids need nutrients, which I honestly like can't even remember that one. <laughs> I can't even remember the context of that. But like the things she says are so crazy. And you just let me know when it is time to talk about the text messages that she sent <laughs> to Lisa Barlow. Because okay, okay. for me, that goes down in history. I hope you wrote them down. We'll get there. Oh, you know um, that I did. <laughs> with with beats for when Lisa was taking beats. At first, I was writing it with periods. And then I was like, I got to do a dash dash. Because like, this is... You can tell they're not including everything. It's not a full reading. It's like it's they have to cut it down because it's so crazy. Okay, so... We'll get to that in just a second. However, I will say we got an update on um oh god, what are her what's her husband and white uh, uh grandpa called or gra oh, Robert Sr. and Robert Jr. Robert Sr. and Robert Jr. So we hear that Robert Each Jr. Each update weirder than the next. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Robert Jr. Apparently she says people are telling her that he's married, but she doesn't know. And the producer's like, Well, don't doesn't he live with you? She says yes. Haven't you asked? I haven't found the time. <laughs> haven't had time. Haven't had time. Until he walks his ass into this closet that I live in. I don't have time. Wouldn't know. And then with Robert Sr., he's been in Vegas for six months. Producer asked, how was that for you? It was nice. <laughs> it was good. It was a good time being without my grandpa husband. I enjoyed the space. 
everything about her is just like you said, it's 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 more you just have to block off that moral bone in your body that says like this woman is bad just to fully engage with her. And like, I can do it. Yeah, I, I think having the weight off of our backs of not having to do that with Jen Shaw. Yeah. And like Mary basically gives the thesis statement of season four, which is like she's interested. She's like, I'm interested to, you know, she's barely got her toe back in the water. She's like, I'm here right now, but I could always leave and I could always say something so vile that I get fired. So like, enjoy it while it lasts. Um, She's like, yeah, I'm interested to see how things go without Jin Shah. She was a huge elephant in the room and she's not here anymore. And like, that's what season four is, is it's a life finally free of Jin, even though we're talking about her constantly. And Mary herself is like, Every new person that she sees that she hasn't spoken to in two years, she's like, so what's up with Jen? How are you feeling? Have you written her any letters in prison? Done any visitations? What's up? Which I appreciate. She's like, bone collecting no one, for sure. No one else is going to ask those questions. And I appreciate her being like, so are you still friends with Jen? Like, yeah, I want to know. Um, and we do have this Heather's Fresh Start sto- uh, party, which was cute. Um, and as... as Meredith said, and I think even Mary said, Mer- Mary's the, uh, Meredith's the only person Mary has spoken to since being off the show for that season. And so she is seeing a lot of these women for the first time. And Lisa says hi to her as she arrives. And she does say like, yeah, I think me and Mary are in a pretty... Like, we left things okay. However, she did send me a text message. And when Lisa started reading off this text message, I... I was it's so funny because also <laughs> Lisa is like she she says that the message is crazy, but she also seems kind of unbothered by it. And so you're like, what did she say? Like, you know, you were really rude to me that last season. I never wanted to speak to you again. No, I'll tell you what she said. She said, and this is a this is not a this is a, a half quote. These are this is clearly not the full message. These are just the parts the editors chose to give to us. Lisa, you're the biggest idiot. You're a black <laughs> widow. You are the biggest liar in Utah. To which Lisa says, wow. <laughs> You'll kill people with your nasty tequila. You remind me of a witch. You evil person. You're not interesting. You're a horrible human being. <laughs> immediate, immediate cut from Lisa reading all of that to Mary's testimonial in which she says, yeah, I do feel good seeing Lisa right now. And I really like her jacket. <laughs> I'm crying. Chelsea's crying. <laughs> it was so good. Like, even if the rest of the premiere had been shit, that it was... Imagine... People when give Lisa said, Barlow so much shit, you know? And, like, they say that, like, she's she acts different off screen. She's terrible. But, like, can you imagine receiving that text message and then just seeing that woman at a party and being like, hey, girl, how you doing? <laughs> when she There's said got some te- part of her that has to be real, like in Lisa Barlow. Your tequila kills people. <laughs> you're nasty. You'll kill people with your nasty tequila. It's so funny to think about what like the interstitial sentences between those sentences must have been. Did they, did, you know, did way lead on to way? Like, did these things connect to one another or were they truly just like ad-libs? It was, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, know because they didn't put up the full text. I, the way they cut it together, I mean, we perfect. got the highlights. It was perfect. Give them the Emmy. 
Loved every bit of it. Um, no one had read Heather's book, which not surprised. Uh, and I love that Monica asked, like, who's read the book? And like everyone kind of Lisa says she's gonna buy it after she learns that Lisa. Heather <laughs> spoke glo- glowingly about her. Um so classic for Lisa's first question to be like, what do you say about me in it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Meredith pulls Lisa aside and says, like, we should talk one-on-one um outside of a group setting to see if we could get our friendship back on course. Um, and then she says she wants to set them up for success. Yeah. Which I thought was so funny. Oh my gosh. And Lisa is thrilled. Like oh, yeah. to get this morsel from Meredith that she really seems to want to make up. And it's same for like Whitney and Heather, where like the reason that Whitney and Heather haven't made up is because Heather's been so fucking mad at Whitney. Like Whitney has been willing to make up the entire time. She just wants to like have Heather's friendship and cousinship again. And Heather's been so mad. And then finally this season, Heather's like, yeah, like we can't have a TV show with us continuing to fight forever. So let's, and that's clearly the motivation for both Heather and Meredith, but their counterparts are like, we're going to be friends again and everything's going to be perfect. Yes. Um, Yeah. And then the party ends in a snowball fight, which this is when I probably related to Mary the most. Um, I don't like to participate in competitive activities and any active activity. Like I'd rather sit and drink than activities. Like I'd rather sit and drink in the snow than like actually run around in the snow. So Mary watching (laughs) and her saying, are they even having fun? Like I was like, this is, that is me. I am Mary. I thought it looked fun. (laughs) I got permanent camp counselor energy and I thought it looked fun. I did think like, okay, snowballs are really dangerous. Like it is just ice. And at first they're going lightly and then they just start slamming each other in the head. And that was fun for me to watch. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed this this first episode. I have very high hopes for the season. I hope I do not get disappointed. Do you have any predictions, Jody? Anything that you think might happen? Any friendships that may actually rekindle? Like what where do you where do you see this going in Salt Lake? I think that Heather is going to be be able to hold on to relatable season one Heather for about three weeks and then she is immediately going to devolve back into whatever has become of her um I think Monica is gonna stir shit up so hard I think you can't trust a thing Angie K says and I don't care for her to be in this season um and, you know, I'm an unapologetic Lisa Barlow stan, so I just, I, I can't, I can't wait to watch her on my screen, and I hope she sings a song. Yeah, the way I've come around to Lisa Barlow, on Watch What Happens Live, they did do a game where she had to sing her answers, and it was fun. <laughs> um, She's just so, so weird. She's just so weird that I'm gonna, I can't help it. I, I love it. I'm so excited to have Salt Lake back on our screens. Um... It did not feel this way last season, so it's nice to feel feel this way again. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jody, this was a great time. And we will see you next week as we move over to our ladies in Orange County, Real Housewives of OC, Season 7, Episode 13, Big News, Bigger Secret, with our guy, Zach Peter. Zach, how are we doing? I'm doing amazing. I woke up with no stress and a reminder of how blessed I am to be here with you, Chelsea, and how blessed we are to have so many good Bravo shows on the air, Atlanta Reunion, Salt Lake City premiere, and a killer episode of OC. I mean, we also have New York, but... Uh, You were giving gratitude up until then, but I'm (laughs) going to take all of that positive energy. I love it. Yes, as we mentioned at the top of the show, it is nice to have this perfect storm of... Bravo television next week. We get Southern Charm back. As I learned this week, oh, you Austin, are a big yes. Austin Kroll Gobble me, fan. swallow me, jump down the side of me. Quick jump out for you. Let it get inside of me. Ah, gross. <laughs> Austin is just, he's so basic and he's so like frat bro And he just reminds me of like a human Pillsbury dough man. And I just... I, I I love it so much. Never knew that was your type. Um, not for me, but love <laughs> that for you. Um, so back to Orange County. We have um the women. I guess they're getting ready for Mexico. We have this Mexico trip at the end of the episode. Um, but before we get to Mexico, we do get the return of Dr. Moon. Um don't always love his scenes because I don't like talking about colonics and stuff. So I just love that he always drags Shannon. <laughs> yes, that is nice. He puts her in her place and I don't think she realizes it either. So it, it's cute. She's not self-aware. Um, we also get Heather's HD fire HD network fireside event. So I do have a better understanding of what fireside is now. Um, Cause in, the first time we were introduced to it, I did not get it. But it does seem like higher produced television on a streaming platform, like a IG Live type thing, is what I gathered from it. 
Yeah, it's high quality Instagram live. That's really what it is. High quality YouTube live stream. You know, it's just produced very nicely, but it's a YouTube live stream, essentially. Okay, got it. So Heather has this beautiful party um, and she has HD monogrammed everywhere, which I understand because it is the network, which also happens to be her initials. You know, smart, love it, play on initials. Um, and the ladies, as we say, they seem very confused by what this is. And and Heather's trying to explain it while they're sitting down of like, you could laugh, like we could hear you laugh at things. And, and so, and, and Tamara's like, how? Like, it reminded me of a toddler, like asking like how babies were born. Like how, how, how? Like nothing is going to be adequate enough. Like whatever Heather says. Um, and at this party, Emily, Emily is getting shmammered on champagne. Just shmammered. So good. I mean, she was just pounding down drink after drink, and I was living for it. Emily was Liddy City, and she was a good time. I loved it. However, I did not understand how she had like three half drinking champagne flutes in front of her, and they all belonged to her. I was like, could you not finish one at a time? Like, because, <laughs> well, I mean, when you're at the party and then the man comes with a fresh glass of champagne, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll have another. Oh, yeah, I'll have another. Because you don't want lukewarm champagne. You want it fresh and crisp. A good, fresh, crisp glass of vuv. It was giving me bottomless brunch. Like, you know, when you would, yeah, whenever the waiter comes around and you still have, like, three quarters full of it, but you just, just top me off. Top me off. I always want to be topped off. So that's what that's what it was giving me. Um, but yeah, so this looked like a really nice event. It was very beautiful. It was very nice. They all sit down for, I guess, lunch because it seemed like it was the middle of the day. And Emily, as we said, was fucked up. Um, she did not eat all day. And she drank a bunch of champagne. And it was showing. Um, at first, I thought it was funny. I did. I thought, like, this is hilarious. Her and the caviar talking about it coming out of fish's vaginas, like all that stuff. It was funny. The cucumber in her mouth. That was kind of roll up. That was yeah. That's what we were tinkering on. Like, okay, girl, get it together. And then it just went downhill. Um, what did you think of her antics? I mean, I thought it was funny for television, but I like was like, I would be so pissed if one of my friends showed up and was like that lit. I'd be like, no more alcohol, get her some water and get her some fries. She needs carbs in her system and she needs to pull it together. Uh, Yeah, I'm surprised how they didn't cut her off. Um, Maybe she knew that would probably only elevate the situation more. Um, And then as I was watching, like it did seem somewhat of an intimate party. It didn't seem like a lot of people were there. Um, And it just made me think a lot of times when we're watching these shows, we think that the drama just happens within the core group. But Emily was probably so loud that everyone else was noticing how drunk she was, which only probably infuriated Heather more. And I forget that sometimes, that there there are other people at these parties around. And it's not just who the cameras are focusing on. So like other of Heather's rich, sophisticated friends, we're seeing Emily with the cucumber hanging down her her mouth and thinking, wow, that's your friend. (laughs) And I'm sure like since it was for the HD network that she was launching, I'm sure there were investors there. I'm sure there were other executives that were in the room that like Emily making this whole scene, I'm sure just, was not cute. Yes. Um, 
And then we also... And I even thought it was a lot that Gina was like, girl, like, you could be upset with her, but not right now. (laughs) Yeah, this is not the place and not the time. Yeah, Gina should have like really... And she's like... But I want to know how sand got into their salads. Okay, so I don't think it was sand. It has to be like some type of other like nutty thing. I don't know. I think she was drunk and she was like, oh, it's sand. I don't know. Or maybe it was sand. Who knows? Um, like, how do you confuse something else for sand? I don't know. Maybe it was like some type of like granola-y thing. I don't know. I don't know. But it can't be sand. Like, it can't be. Um, and so at this event, they do mention... so. Heather and Terry's house finally sell or all the money goes into their account, the $55 million. Can you imagine like one day just like opening up your bank account and seeing $55 million in there? (laughs) On top of whatever else you already had in there because they were already very well off. Yeah, like that's insane. Like seeing that transaction, like... Yeah, when Terry said, that's not fuck you money, that's fuck everyone money. And he is right. Like, so rewarding. So they know that they they got the money for this house. The deal is done. They choose not to share this information at this event, which I also understood, too, because this isn't the time. Like, we're launching this network. We're not talking about our home right now. So they do that. Also, at the event, they bring up, like, let's go to Mexico. We need some time of way. We need to go on this trip. So... They're going to Mexico, the whole group. And um, while they're planning this trip and talking about it, news about the DeBros home going on or selling for $55 million breaks in the tabloids and whatnot. And all the women seem surprised by this. Heather has not shared it with anyone. And I completely understand why she hasn't shared it with anyone. Um, I, I, I just didn't think none of them would have been. Gina probably is the only person that would have been happy for her. I just, like, why did she need to share with them? Like, it happened so fast. They Mm -hmm. had to be out in three weeks that, like, you know, that's why later in the episode where she explains that, like, I was going to tell you on this trip. Like, I was, you know, we were, I was going to tell you eventually. I just wasn't expecting it to be, like, it just, everything happened so fast. I don't think it was, like, deliberate for her to, like, not want to tell them because she doesn't trust them. But, I mean... And to her point, too, like earlier in the season, we see Emily saying, like, anytime anything you say is good, it's ve- you're very condescending towards us. So I'm yeah. sure, like, I I get Heather's point. I, I totally understood Heather's clear HD vision. <laughs> I totally understood where she was coming from. Um, and so as before they get to Mexico, also, Ryan meets Jen's mom shoot me like i just i i'm not i'm not buying this i don't like it i it made me uncomfortable i don't i don't i just don't like ryan and i don't find jen fascinating with ryan unless we're tearing ryan down so next week looks fun because tamra's going there so i'm excited for that <laughs> yes i like a good activated jen but with her and ryan he just I don't know. I feel like he's trying so hard to like play up this good guy character for the cameras to prove that he's such a good guy. But it's like when you have to perform like that, it just doesn't make me want to believe you. Not at all. Um, And so the women get in Mexico. They are staying in three different like suites, it seemed like. So Tamara and Shannon are in one together. Um, Jen and Taylor are in one together. And then... Heather, Emily, and Gina are in one together. Um, They get ready to go to dinner on the beach. And it was really funny to me because Gina's pure enthusiasm about 
what I think is typical nice restaurant decor was really funny <laughs> and how excited she oh, look at the lanterns oh i love how this and they were trying to kill time or whatever until someone finally mentions heather's home selling in which tamara is the one that does and heather says to them pretty frankly like yeah like we signed an nda and to be honest, I didn't think you guys would be happy for us. Um, you told me before, whenever I, I share things, it sounds like I'm boasting or whatever. And none of the women kind of wanted to take her at face value for that. They all challenged her, which I I think proves her point. Um, and, then, and then Heather or Emily gets into it with Heather because, you know, Heather didn't like how Emily behaved at her party understandably so. Emily, and they keep going back and sharing jobs of things that they've done this season, which I didn't realize that they were trading jobs with one another, whether it be the whale instructor bodysuit or um I forget what none of it was body said. I let none of it was body shaming. Like it yes. was so like it was petty. She, it was so stupid. Like there were two cookies and she's like, look, Emily, it's your perfect boobs. And, yes. like, and you body shamed me. I was like, she said your boobs were perfect. Like, I don't understand why. Symmetrical, like, what? perky, round. Like that sounds nice. And it's coming from a plastic surgeon's wife. Like, oh my God, thank you. Um, but yeah, so they've been going back and forth. And then finally, Emily says something, I guess off camera, Heather had said that, um, Shannon, while they were at BravoCon, had talked some shit about her and Gina. And Heather immediately denies this. And in the moment, I believed Heather. I was like, she was she was very... She stood her ground. She said, that's so untrue. And Heather was... Or Emily was very drunk. So like, I was like, I think Heather's right here. Like, I don't think Heather said this. And I feel like if Heather did... Like, Heather would own that she said this. Like, I don't... I don't... I don't know. So I believed her. And I was right to believe I, her. Yes, because she came out on what Gina or Emily and Gina were on Watch What Happens Live, and Emily confirmed that she did not say that. Yes, and that she, she just filled wrong. in the blank and just assumed that it was Shannon when it was not. And and Gina said in her confessional on the episode that she thought she heard Tamara. So like, which which makes more sense. But yes, so Emily got it wrong. Heather was right. They get into this big fight and it ended. <laughs> it was funny. Heather or Emily doing the hands, Heather being very, I, I loved it. It was a classic housewife fight. It looked just because you do this with your hands doesn't make it true, <laughs> which it did make it true. It did. Um, but hand gestures definitely, they, they, you know, you're a little more passionate. So there's yes. a little more like you want to believe it a little more because it's, you know. Yes. I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great fight. I, Heather is a really good fighter. She's a really she's good... So she good. stays she stays calm. She stays level-headed. She does come off condescending, but like she hits, hits it at the right time. She's very clear with her words. She doesn't get overly excited or overly emotional. And she knows how to like deliver like a sniper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think the women at the table also enjoyed it because everyone was just watching. No one chimed in. <laughs> and Even Tamara was laughing. And she yes. was like, don't laugh, don't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought it was great. Anytime these women are in Mexico, it's going to be a good trip. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this cast trip. We see next week, Vicky comes back. We do, like I said, see Jen and Tamara get into it again. Um, 
seems like Heather does body shame Emily again. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this Mexico trip. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I mean, now we have, you know, Victoria coming to stir the pot and Gina's like, she must have brought her spoon because she's coming to stir things up, which, I mean, listen, I was, I liked Vicky in the last couple of episodes that we got her to make cameos in, but I'm like, but now let's, let's let Vicky bring Vicky. And now I hear Vicky's going to be at BravoCon. So Tamara was kind of teasing that she thinks that Vicky might be returning full-time next season. I don't think we need Vicky full-time. I like friend of Vicky. I think we do. Or we need more of her because this more friend of, her, of yeah. has not been like, I th- thought we'd be seeing her more of her and we haven't. So I know we will in Mexico, but I want more Vicky for sure. But I think she's good in that like friend of role where she can be fun at the parties. She, But like, we don't need all the, the details of her personal life. Like I yeah. think her being fun, whoop it up Vicky, pot stirring Vicky. She's a great friend of. Um, Taylor is not, unfortunately. But I did love Taylor drunk on the sidewalk talking about how this is going to be the dirtiest reunion you have ever seen. How many times I was have just you- on Entertainment Tonight, baby. Maybe you should watch the news. Here's my orange. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everything about that was a disaster her husband standing like moving away was so funny to me i was like but also is him he not embarrassed pulling or is her he, like, yeah like but is he not embarrassed or is he like let me give my girl her moment to shine like which I was think it he was, i think he was like let me give her her moment to shine but it's like <laughs> no is, you need to get <laughs> Take her the cane, out of that pull her off apollo show like, yeah could you imagine if dustin let you do that and you're talking to all the reporters like if my man let me do that i would be like how dare you divorce <laughs> done <laughs> oh my gosh well yes we need we need more of that taylor on on orange county but yeah next week's gonna be great next week in general is gonna be great because we have part two of atlanta with ralph we have another episode of Roni, salt lake orange county and the premiere of southern charm bravo is given us the hits we are gonna whoop it up into the weekend and whoop it up next week when we see you guys to talk all of our favorite bravo shows so we look forward to to seeing you again talk to you later <laughs>